Welcome to Viewpoints, listeners. I'm your host, Henry Grossek, and it gives me great pleasure to welcome Rowan Cockrell, the CEO of the Continents Foundation Australia, to Viewpoints for the first time. And I must say, what a novel um, event they've organised, the Great Dunny Hunt. And this kicks off on Thursday the 1st of April, runs until Sunday the 20th of June 2021. And uh, there's a lot to talk about there. But firstly, welcome to Viewpoints, Rowan Cockerell. Thank you very much, Henry. It's good to be here. Continents Foundation Australia, as I said, uh, was saying before, um, I wasn't aware of the Continents Foundation of Australia and, and the work you do and the issues that you address um, affects a lot of people. Um, but tell us a bit about the Continents Foundation of Australia. So you're right. The foundation's been around for um, just over 30 years and um, it's an organisation that has done a lot of hard work over that time and yet sometimes we have exactly the sort of issues that we have with you, you haven't heard of us. Um, and I think it's really important to highlight and, and create awareness of what our organisation does because we're here for the millions of people. We're saying one in four Australians experience incontinence problems. So there's a need, there's a, uh, a need to help these people and our job is to act on behalf of them and advocate for better services and information so that they know how to deal with it when they're experiencing the problems. We'll talk more about your organisation, but I am fascinated. The great, very Australian, isn't it? The great dunny hunt. Um, what, why are we hunting dunnies all over Australia and how and what does it all mean? That sort of sort of ties in with Easter, doesn't it, that we've got lots of hunts happening and the Easter egg hunt. But the, the purpose of the great dunny hunt is around the, uh, the existence of a and create awareness for what the foundation is supporting. And we have a, what we call the National Public Toilet Map, which is uh, readily available for everyone to access on toiletmap.gov.au. And basically what we're, it has over 19,000 public toilets right across Australia. And um, what we're trying to do is raise awareness of the the, uh, the app and the, the information that's available on it so that people who are travelling out at East time and on any travel that they might do can actually know where the nearest toilets are, public toilets, so that they can travel with ease and confidence that they can get from one place to the next. So we're just highlighting the existing the existence of the app, but also the fact that people can actually win money to add some toilets to the map, which would be very exciting. Yes, there's the carrot of several um, FPOS $500 vouchers. But the bigger the bigger issue there is um, is the incontinence that so many people... I see you said one in four. I think it's about five million Australians for mm. a variety of reasons suffer from incontinence. And it's an interesting one too, Rowan, because people don't talk about it much, do they? There's a lot of stigma around incontinence. It's probably one of the last bastions of personal information about yourself. And, and yet I would suggest that most of us know someone that has experienced incontinence problems, be it our parents, be it that a child or a relative of ours has got uh, has experienced problems long, be, long beyond sort of childhood years. But also we often attribute uh, incontinence and bladder and bowel problems, and we're talking about both here, uh, bladder and bowel problems, people normally associate with getting older and ageing, and that's actually not uh, what we know. We know that it is actually prevalent across a wider age group right down to mums with bubs and, and that sort of thing. So so from that point of view, people need to talk about and be aware of it and be confident that there's actually help available to, to improve the issues they might be experiencing. How do you do that? 
Well, there's lots of opportunity to, number one, prevent issues. Um, so around uh, the childbearing years, there's a lot of help and um, health professionals are there to help women who are having um, uh, experiencing they're having their pregnancy, learning how to do pelvic floor exercises and how to minimise problems, but also after having babies that, that they actually uh, get on top of pelvic floor exercises and strengthen their pelvic floor post-baby so that they're not experiencing those issues, or if they are, that they're monitored to make sure that they do cease after a short period of time. Uh, other issues is becoming aware of where you might be more at risk. So uh, perhaps people that have uh, neurological problems, have a stroke, perhaps have diabetes, or perhaps have events in their life that affect other health uh, problems for themselves, that incontinence might come hand in hand with that health condition and that there is help available and how can we make it better. Definitely incontinence can be better managed and improved and it's about connecting in with the right information, the right resources to help you steer you to the right services that you might need. Mm, I know in my role as a school principal and also being a parent, incontinence is also something which can strike uh, young children too and, and, and with quite um, adverse effects, can't it? It can be quite devastating, both for parents trying to get children into school um, or children moving through their early school years that they may have not quite uh, matured or their bodies may not have quite matured in the right way to get the right messaging from their bladder to their brain. And so they, they are experiencing problems that will require them to wear a some sort of pad or, or nappy, as some might um, need to. But... I think the issue is, again, finding the resources and how can I help my child to actually inter, you know, interact and still maintain a normal um, social life and integration into school while they are learning and getting control of their bladder. So there is help available and one of those very important resources is bringing the um, National Continence Helpline because there are nurses here that will try and answer your questions and steer you to the right resources around you anywhere in Australia. So ringing the helpline on the number 1800 3300 you've got a nurse uh, continent specialist who will be able to assist and help you answer some of your questions and steer you in the right direction for help. Mm. And it's interesting, mm. and you do make that point quite strongly, um, do a lot of people just not seek help? It's really hard when you feel like you're on your own and you're the only one experiencing problems. But I think that we can all say that we've all experienced perhaps trying to get to the door in time and unlocking the door and trying to get to the toilet on time. Or you go along a road and you hit every bump along the road and don't know if you're going to get there in time. Um, and also we just experience normal challenges of life in our bodies that have health conditions such as prostate problems or, or um, uh, diabetes, we've got to learn to change the way we do things and improve, uh, improve how our body functions with these chronic diseases, that we actually manage it with help. And there are people that will help and monitor you and work with you to improve it to the best it can be. The issue is don't accept it as this is my lot, there is help available. It's mm, a good point you make. Now, I was intrigued in 2010. Now, that's um, 11 years ago, um, so I presume it's different now and probably worse. You, you, you estimate the total economic cost of incontinence here was uh, in Australia was estimated to be over $66 billion and rising. Um, mm. That's a phenomenal figure. How does it do that? How, that impact comes in what ways? 
Uh, it comes in in a, a broad amount of ways. That's around the um, cost to the individual, the cost to the uh, cost to the government to manage aged care places and to fund how we support people who are in an older uh, age group that might be seeking care. We're looking at more people being cared for in their own homes. Uh, we also have the NDIS and managing disabilities. So. Um, and we also have productivity uh, and losses. So people trying to re-enter the workforce that may be experiencing incontinence and actually are finding it very difficult. So they may not be able to work as much. So there's money being spent in that, in that space. So the cost is actually, you're right, increasing. It's gone over 200% since then. Yes, there needs to be some more prevalence data that will, will support that, but definitely this has not improved in any way since 2010. It mm. is getting worse. Mm. Yes. And, and, and that's, that's alarming. We're going to take a short break. Rowan, can you hold the line? Absolutely. Welcome back to Viewpoints, listeners. I'm your host, Henry Grossick. A little bit of discussion with Rowan Cockrell, who's the CEO, Continents Foundation Australia, the work they do, and a wonderful event that they've got kicking off on the 1st of April, uh, the Great Dunny Hunt. Uh, welcome back, Rowan. Thank you very much. You've picked a good day, Thursday the 1st of April, April Fool's Day. <laughs> I know well, it's all tied up with Easter, but uh, that's, it all adds to, the, adds to the comical side of the great dunny hunt, doesn't it? It does, it does. And I, but it ties into a very important health problem that people are uh, experiencing or may know about, it, but it just highlights it and brings it up to something that everyone can engage with to understand it a bit better. So mm. uh, that was the purpose of it. Yeah. Now, before the break, we were talking about how those figures, the economic cost and presumably the incidence of it all is is escalating since 2010. What do you put that down to? Because um, we're more aware of it. Your organisation is doing great things and, and, and building, I'd say, capacity in that field. So why are we going backwards? We're going... I wouldn't say we're going backwards. I think that what we've got is a growing population. We also know we have an ageing population. So obviously incontinence does um, uh, become more um, uh, becomes more prevalent or more acknowledged when people get older and, and certainly becoming uh, either a urinary or faecal incontinence uh, in, a, in your latter years when you require other assistance is one of the top five reasons why people enter residential aged care. So we do see the prevalence um, increasing as people get older, but certainly the highlighted age group is usually in that younger age group, particularly around females that are in the sort of 25 to, to 50 age group where we have the uh, effects of normal parts of our life and life events of uh, pregnancy, birth, and then we work through, um, you know, growing older and, and, and working through all the issues of uh, menopause and then and moving through much care. So there's a whole lot of life events that females go through. Males obviously have the prostate issues and, and overlaid on that is anyone can experience a chronic disease. And so when you have all of these things being stacked up against you, it's about how do we manage it and how can we help people to under, better understand their problems and how can we best help them to improve it, if not cure it. So there are good options available and that's what we're really trying to help people. Otherwise, it becomes very costly for people to manage incontinence long term and that's what we're trying to help them with. Absolutely. Now, in the field of research into incontinence, um, 
I know there's a lot of competition for the, the, the funds to do um, research uh, and development. What's it like in that uh, sector as far as um, incontinence is concerned? There's a lot of research happening at the moment and some of it may be around the medical component, around pharmacological um, use, around uh, better uh, ways that we can be improving incontinence. But I think the truly important research that we're trying to focus on from a foundation point of view is to focus on what we call translational research, that where we can uh, develop research and learn from the research so that we can implement it into care, care of the elderly, care of better um, uh, perinatal care, better care so that people at the right time are getting the input of uh, the benefits of the research. So we find that uh, research that helps to deliver better services um, very, very useful to to focus on. So that's what we're trying to uh, develop our agenda on. Mm, makes sense. Mm. Now, you, you took over as CEO um, in 2015, but your career in, in, in the foundation stretches back and in that field stretches back many decades. You might like to just share that, a little bit of that with our listeners, uh, Rowan. Um, well, I've, I've, uh, I have worked a, a lot, all my life in the health uh, industry and probably very passionate about incontinence and how we can help the, the average Australian who's trying to uh, improve their quality of life. And uh, my background goes back to the, the 80s, 90s and into the early 2000s where I worked as a continence nurse and um, supporting people and actually working with them on a one-on-one basis teaching them the sort of things that, again, where translational research can help. So helping them with bladder training, uh, helping them to uh, to do, learn toilet strategies so that they're actually improving their, their daily lives so that they get a, a better quality of life. And that, that's what I've had uh, and done a better part of my life. And I thoroughly enjoyed that space. And I still think we've got a long way to go to continue to improve the, the life of the um, the Australian um, consumer, and that's what we're here for. Absolutely. What are the big developments you've seen in your field? In because uh, over thirty years or so, a lot of things uh, change. What have you noticed? Um, I think that the the big sort of ticket ice. There's a lot, been a lot of change and uh, um, uh, development in um, pharmacological development and they always can be of benefit but I think there's been a better understanding of what uh, basic conservative strategies might look like and that includes things like pelvic floor exercises um, to to develop um, better strategies and toileting strategies and behaviour tra- uh, behavior, um, strategies that people can employ but I think that the issue for me is the thing that we need to get very strong on is that people actually know we're here and that our strength is in actually getting resources out, but the profile of the foundation is really important. So if you know about us and you know that someone's experiencing incontinence, share with them that there's somewhere where they can go so that they can actually get some help because I think the biggest barrier for us at the moment is making sure that people don't feel frightened to talk about it there isn't a stigma to it, and please ring the, the helpline, talk, and get some help. And that, for me, is the biggest challenge that we experience on a regular basis. Mm, fair enough. Now, um, on your website, you, you you offer a lot of valuable information. One of them is uh, creating a routine. The importance of a routine? 
Look, routines might be around toilet training. People experience different symptoms. Um, some people don't even think they might be incontinent yet. They might lose a little um, bit of uh, urine when they cough or sneeze, but don't see it as a problem. But um, that can progress to getting worse. So the issue for us is routine and probably understanding their own body is really important. But if they are experiencing incontinence, to actually work with a health professional that can work out what their routine is and how to better manage it. So it might be that instead of waiting till someone has an accident and then has to deal with it, that you're actually looking at how frequently they're going. What are their eating and um, and drinking habits? How can we make that work for them? And also being um, uh, developing a good health um, and exercise regime so that people are as fit and healthy as they can, keeping the, their mobility up. So it's really about healthy bladder and bowel habits help you to really get on top of your, your daily routine if you are experiencing problems. It's very much an important part to talk to a health, health professional so that they can work with you to, um, to get the best out of, uh, out of you and you want, to, you want to be able to help yourself. Mm, absolutely. Getting back to um, the thing, the, the event that where you've, you've got planned to, for people to focus on it, the great Dunny Hunt is on. Tell us again all about it and how people can get themselves involved, Rowan. So the Great Dunny Hunt, it is a great, it's a very cheeky campaign, really, isn't it? <laughs> yes. So it's it's really about, whilst there might be a bit of fun and there's an opportunity for, um, there's an opportunity to win one of three $500 uh, vouchers, FPOS vouchers, to, to be successful. Uh, the intent is also that the underlying purpose is to actually support uh, the millions of Australians who are living with incontinence and actually need to have the um, the National Public Toilet Map working for them. So knowing that we've got as many toilets that are operational out there and on the map is really helpful. It gets people familiar and gets them to know that they can get from A to B uh, and know they can get there in time. So we want to try and really push past the 19,000 toilet facilities to much more by people actively getting involved in this program. So Anyone that's away or doing what they're doing over the Easter break and over this period from the 1st of April to the 20th of June, families that are gone on school holidays or people going out with their caravans into the rural remote, we don't mind where it is, is have a look and see what you can find with the, the with the toilet map and then see if it exists actually and pinned on the toilet map. If it's not, log into toiletmap.gov.au and there are all the um, all the links and you can lodge your um, your application and submit for um, uh, to put a new toilet on the map and go in the running for uh, a nice little voucher to spend as part of your holiday. So um, I think that whilst it is a bit of fun, there's actually a great awareness campaign that helps people to understand the toilet map is there, but also everyone is helping those that actually depend on the toilet map so that they can go and have a normal daily life, that they can go on their day trips and they can get between A and B and not have any accidents along the way. And that's a win-win for everyone. Absolutely, win-win for everyone, Rowan. Can I thank you firstly yep. for your time to come and share this this wonderful project and, and the work that you do with our listeners on Casey Radio, and secondly, um, for the well, for the great work that you do too. It's just phenomenal, and in one of those areas that perhaps some of us uh, haven't had the light shined on it uh, in the past, it's a great chance for us to become aware of it. Thanks, Henry. I appreciate your time. My pleasure. That was uh, Rowan 
Cockrell, CEO, Continents Foundation Australia, the great work they do. And do sign up. Get on the website, listeners. The great Danny Hunt. It's a, it's a lot of fun with a very, very valuable and important uh, message behind it. We'll take a short break. Don't go away. Mm-hmm. 